All right, welcome. We're in. <laughs> We're in. This is the ETC podcast, the Exude That Christianity podcast. Faith, family, fun. That's what we cover, etc. Yeah. And today's episode is going to be on the importance of planning. <laughs> <laughs> or the lack thereof. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to kind of shoot from the hip. I think uh, one of the, the fun bits about this is part of this whole podcast kind of was the fruit of us just spending time together and experiencing life together and just talking about things and saying, you know what? It'd be good to have some of these conversations recorded for posterity. Yeah, and I, th- I think we've had, uh, like we had mentioned uh, in the last episode prior to this one, we had uh, talked about some of the changes that had occurred and some of the new things that are happening with us. And one of the things that actually did to uh, come to fruition was uh, my middle son, uh, Peyton, with special needs, gets to start a new program uh, that the school or this the I guess the school system, the state, uh, has a sponsored program where uh, special needs children get to uh, start an internship with a particular business. And, uh, you know, if they work well within that year and everything, that business has the opportunity to hire them. Uh, so it's a whole new program, gets them integrated into the public. And, you know, you talk about inclusion and everything mm-hmm. that, that, yeah. that they really try to push with special needs children now, I think more than ever. Uh, that's being done. And, and we finally got everything started. A couple of stumbling blocks, a couple of delays, um, mm-hmm. but we stayed true to it. And uh, out of the 11 kids that were um, hired on as interns, I, there may be more, but the last I count, eight were making the cut and, and being there. Nice. Um, there may have been one other that I didn't see, so it could be not. But, but you know, day one went really well. And uh, I think Peyton's kind of fired up about it. He's, he has been around mm-hmm. the house and everything doing chores and uh, getting all the things that we've been trying to teach him, like just how to properly tie a, a garbage bag, uh, is cleaning up. He's always been a help and everything, and then folding clothes and putting up dishes and all these little things that he's been doing around the house. He's been really jazzed and getting up first thing in the morning, taking a shower and going to work, as he calls yep. it, by doing this around the house. So good to see that this program's starting, and we're into week one, uh, not all the way through it yet, but... Uh, but I was talking to him last night. He seems to still, you know, he's cool with the fact that dad works, mom works, he works, and Abe's going to school. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, now a couple of his friends are also in this program. Is that correct? So we had talked about the Bell Center uh, a few episodes back mm-hmm. as well. And uh, all, a few episodes sounds better than months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all three of the guys, uh, Stephen Mitchell and Peyton, are all in this program together. They're all going to different schools, but they have all come together for this one. So the the three Musketeers are back again. We got some pictures of them all hanging out on the couch uh, day one. Uh, and rip raring to go. So, you know, we were like trying to figure out if this place was going to be like are they ready? waiting yeah. for this or not, you know, ready for it. But, uh, but it seems to be that, uh, that everything is settling in and they're doing a good job. So well, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that one of the things as a parent that I think has kind of become more obvious in our life is our oldest son, Braden's, um, lack or, uh, kind of he's just nervous in social settings and so he doesn't try to win a lot of friends he doesn't try to make a lot of friends he's just kind of that kid that's kind of out there rambunctious and wild and so we've been talking a lot about him being intentional about with his friend groups and stuff and hoping you know you don't want to force these things to happen because that that, they don't they don't become real friendships right I mean he's got a core group of buddies and uh, they kind of split them up (laughs) and so he's but it's forced him to make new friends I, I do know he's got a friend Colin and a friend Isaac that are like in his class and so that's been exciting we got to meet Isaac super kid um 
but it's just interesting to see how he acts when he's around his friends versus when he's not. Yeah. And it's just interesting. So I could imagine Peyton and his buddies, when they get around each other, they hype each other up and they kind of make each other fearless, which is good and bad, right? Uh, it's the it's the good thing that community brings, that relationship brings, but it also could give you a false sense of Yeah, I know, right? Uh, and, and I see that in, with uh, Avery. You know, he's uh, entering in his first year of high school and uh, his friends, his close-knit group and everything, again, never forced upon. It's just mm-hmm. they, they are always together. Um, and, and I think we're getting into that, and I hate, I hate this part of being a parent, but we're getting into that slow separation phase of uh, – I, I think Avery still wants to be a part of us and everything, but I'm slowly starting to see a little bit of the separation where he's – you know, spend a little bit more time with the video games with his friends and everything. Hopefully, still doing his homework prior to mm. that. But but it's you know he's he's kind of in his own world now. Likes to go to his room, closing the door, staying in there. And I'm you know going in, making sure there's no weapons. You know, nothing yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but we're all good there. Um, but you know, it's it is. Well, I mean, we still have moments. He's still coming up and you know helping me when it comes to cooking or or doing stuff or setting up table mm-hmm. uh, for dinner. You know, he's always been the eager helper um and so we're, we're not we're not into that full separation phase yet mm-hmm. but i can start seeing that the, the seed is being planted now and you just i know that with our oldest the fact that he no, no longer lives in our house and you know you have that separation you, you, and you're just praying for him every day and, yeah. and hoping that they're making the right decisions on their own which you know by all reports, when we do see them, uh, things seem to be going well, you know. So, uh, but yeah, we, I hate seeing it, and at the same time, I understand this is part of this uh, change that we have to deal with uh, yeah. ever, ever so often. Yeah, and we're kind of, I think, we're on the cusp of that with Braden. Um, of course, the good thing about him being socially anxious is that he does like to retreat to us, and you know, kind of yeah. stay there. So we'll we'll soak that up for a little bit longer. But again, we're trying to you know, delicately push him out of the nest, not necessarily out of the house, obviously, but just get him to, to get out there and flourish and find out who he is and who he's going to be. And we're kind of at that crucial time where like, man, like you're, you, it's time to start becoming that we talked about the other day. It's time to start becoming that young man that you're going to be, um, which it's, it's intentionality. It's, you know, it's taking responsibility and, and just kind of seizing it. And so one of the things that I think you've always done well, and we've, I'm sure we've talked about it at countless different ways during the podcast is like you have like ways of like you have different things you do with Avery and Peyton to make sure that they both get that one-on-one relationship yeah Um, and 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 that's it's good because there are is they're both interest they both have different interests so with Peyton it's as simple as going into his room and coloring with him he'll give me some colors he'll give me a book he'll tell me what you know here's my selections Mm -hmm. to try to color because he's gonna have some of those pages he wants uh, or we'll watch a uh, a movie that we both uh, love because um, he really gets into some of the movies that I watch. Uh, he's he's totally in love with E.T. right now, mm-hmm. which I always uh, – that's been one of my favorites. He can't get into Star Wars, but that's what Abe's for. So, uh, But but with, with Pate, it's coloring books. It's uh, putting together puzzles together. Mm-hmm. It's little things like that that he and I can really – uh, you know, have some of that uh, bonding and everything. And then with Abe, we got Legos, we got stop motion animation that we work on every once in a while. Um, we have uh, uh, models, which is something that we've kind of strayed away from, but I think we're going to get back to it because he, uh, when we went to my mother's house not too long ago, we stumbled across some of the models. I've forgotten that I'd had a box of some of the old, you know, cement glue models yeah, that you yeah, put yeah. together. And, uh, 
man, he was fascinated by some of the ones that I had kept and everything. And then I had a whole spare parts bin and he took that. And I think we're going to start modding out um, some models and possibly going, you know, you, you've got certain stores and everything that have the whole section of models and everything that, that are still out there. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of few and far between now. It's not at your general store and there's no toy stores anymore. I was thinking about that the other day. We were walking through um, Target and I was thinking, you know, between, I mean, Walmart and Target are like the only places that have toys. And I remember, man, I was like, dude, my kids would freak out to get to go into a, a, a real deal. Oh, like all Toys R Us? Yes. Or uh, KB Toys mm-hmm. was very popular. Yeah. Uh, and then it seems like there was one more toy out outlet kind of place that would be in the malls yeah. next to KB or the the rival to KB toy mm-hmm. and hobby and then um yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was even as an adult yeah. I loved going into uh, uh and I tell people, like, parenting's already mm-hmm. hard, and now these stores are making it harder because I don't have somewhere I can just take them. And, I mean, they can run up and down the aisles, but then they're they're done. They, there's, like, four <laughs> aisles, and one of them's for little babies. You know, one of them's all the girl stuff. And, of course, my boys, is you know, that aisle has cooties. Oh, yeah, And yeah. so uh, it's, it's, it's fun, but, yeah. And so one of the things we've been – you know, really struggling with is finding that thing with us and Braden. And I thought maybe it'd be video games or maybe computer stuff. Me and Lucas kind of have that naturally with sports because I'm, I'm coaching a soccer team and he loves it. Um, in fact, we had our first games over the, uh, over the weekend and that was a lot of fun. And kids are, kids are interesting. I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here for a second. Kids are interesting because they're incredibly unreliable. And I mean that in the best way. Um, we've had some interesting practices during the week leading up to this. And I'm like, man, like this games, these two games we have on Saturday are not going to go well. Um, <laughs> if the kids attention, uh, you know, I'm not worried about that. You know, their technical skills, kids are kids. Um, but like we, you know, we're fighting for their attention and, and trying to keep practice interesting. So they're, they're running around, they're doing stuff and they're learning without knowing it. And, uh, the coach that I'm an assistant with, man, he does a great job too. But both of us were like, you know, big eyed going into these games. I was like, man, let's see what it's going to be. And these kids showed out, man, they did so good. And I was blown away because again, like what I was expecting versus what we got, man, we looked great. And it was really good. The first game we like dominated the game, but then like our kids just kind of, we, we changed a couple of positions at halftime. And it was like they forgot everything that they had done well to that point. Mm. And in the last couple minutes, the other team scored a couple of goals, and then they ended up winning. And so the kids had this really awful, you know, feeling. And so, you know, we're talking to them, and we're like, you know, we're trying to set you up to be successful, right? Like, we're, but I can't kick the ball for you, right? Like, I can't run and make, I can't close the distance, right? I can't kick the ball to the defender what we practiced and so you're kicking it to the midfield and now all of a sudden they're stealing it in midfield and so for the kids they as we're talking like you can kind of see the little light clicking like yeah they're right you know we didn't do that so going to the second game one of the things in the at the end of the first game that we talked about is hey you know we got comfortable and once we got comfortable it was like we weren't we lost ourselves and so uh second game we made a couple of changes and we came out of the blocks just on fire i think we scored three or four goals in the first half Mm. and it could have been more and we were in full control and it was awesome because at halftime one of the kids was saying we can't get comfortable we, you know what I mean? Because they, they <laughs> had just learned you, that yeah. lesson right. um, in the first game. And so me and Kevin were like, yes, man, this is awesome. And it was fun, not because we were, you know, dominating the other team, but it was fun because the kids were doing what we practiced and it was working. So as a coach, you feel really, really good. Like as a coach, you're like, you know, 
we tell them to trust us. We tell them we're going to try to put them in position. And we really feel like we, we spend the time to do that. But until you see it happen, you're always, it's almost like imposter syndrome. You're like, surely it's like, it's like, look, teaching a Bible lesson, you know, you're like, I know the right thing to teach, but until you see somebody and, and really grasp it and really just be moved and changed and become something better for God, you're like in your back of your head, you're always thinking, am I, you know, am I? Am I qualified? You know, am I able to do this? And so getting to watch them run, we, we won the game 6 nothing. Um, my favorite moment of the game wasn't even any of those goals. It was the other team got the ball and basically had a clear run at goal. But we had dominated possession so long that they forgot how to play soccer, basically. And they oh, were wow. so used to running back to their own goal that when the kid stole it, he just ran back to his own goal. <laughs> and I was like, yep, this is awesome. Oh, and geez. so, uh, so uh, even though I was dreading it and it's been a big time commitment and I'm absolutely worn out to see the kids go out there and I'm so glad they lost that first game because I think it it really made them realize like hey like if we if we do what coach says we trust that coach is, he's got the best plan in mind our job is to go out there and play within that um, it could be a lot more fun all and right so I know this is a stretch but I think I'm getting the central theme here we're talking about our kids and everything mm-hmm. that we do and not only your kids but the team you know, the, the other people's kids, yeah. they're not all your kids. You don't have that many yet. Yeah. Uh, but we are basically shepherds for our children. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're guiding them as much as we can. Uh, you're going to have that one that strays every once in a while, and yeah. you got to go round him up. But, yeah. you're, you know, we're their protector. Um, we're the ones who are, you know, I guess to a degree, we're, we're giving them that advice to kind of guide them mm-hmm. um, through their life as opposed to greener pastures yeah. or anything yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, we're always there. And then we're, then we're there to provide them with food, we're shelter. You know, all these things that we're doing as being the good shepherd, which is exactly what, of course, Jesus was for us. And how many times the shepherd uh, metaphor was used in the mm-hmm. Bible because of what you know, God was doing for us mm-hmm. uh, through Jesus and everything that, that, you know, they were, they were that constant shepherd, that person that um, people should have looked up to and, and unfortunately sometimes turned away from mm-hmm. and got a little wayward, but, you know, you get the staff and, you know, they yeah. pull them back in and then they, you know, get them to another area and move on. I love that you, so as I was telling the story about the soccer thing, I had the same thought. I'm like, okay, <laughs> hold on. These are more connected than I thought. Um, like, cause obviously there's the piece of me that I'm only coaching because I'm Lucas's dad and we're talking a little bit about parenting, but yes, absolutely. There's that. And even, and I'm going to go ahead and get into it now cause it maybe can kind of spur the conversation on, but what I was going to end on really kind of ties in with this whole thing and it's a different perspective. And until we were talking about this now, I'm kind of like feeling the lesson. I'm kind of like feeling it work in my, my brain and my spirit, even as we discuss it. But I was going to share Mark chapter four, 26 through 29, and it's the parable of the growing seed. And just to kind of set this in the context, um, for my, uh, one of my seminary classes, I have to write a really long paper on these four verses. And so I'm spending a lot of time in this anyways. Um, but parables are obviously, they're very vague sometimes, but, but Jesus has actually already told another kind of ecological nature related parable at the beginning of Mark chapter four, um, that is very well known. It's about the, the soil and talking about the seed cast on different soil. You probably right. could recite half of that off the cuff right now. Um, so everybody remembers that one. And, and after this parable, the growing seed is the parable of the mustard seed. And, um, they're actually all kind of interconnected because Jesus assumes 
that this this teaching is coming on the heels of those other teachings. And so Jesus is with his audience in mind, he understands that they know agriculture. They know what farming is. So he leaves some things up to them. So I want to read this parable and then I want to kind of help fill in the blanks a little bit just from what I've gleaned from this, you know, couple of weeks of study and with those other parables in mind. But in verse 26, it says, he also said, this is Jesus, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Now, it would be easy to move past that, especially if you're reading just Mark straight through. You're like, okay, that was weird. Let me just keep moving. I get it. It's a growing seed. Weird. Um, but if you stop and really digest it here, um, we see, I think, very two critical things. One that I think takes a lot of weight off of us and then one that puts a lot of weight on us. And the one I, I want to take a little weight off of us right now, and this goes for parents, this goes for Christians, this goes for everything that, that we're doing. Um, we see in this parable that we, we being the farmer, we are not responsible for the growth, right? The growth is God's. This is God's harvest, and God is ultimately the one who makes all things grow. And, and this is the farmer doesn't know how the growth occurs. In the kingdom of God, we don't understand it, but God is responsible for that. So that's a big weight off of us because I think so often whenever we try to do things and be successful, whether that's parenting or coaching or you know serving in the military, whatever your career is, so often we're focused on like things that aren't ours to be responsible for. And if we would focus on the things that we are responsible for, mm-hmm. right, and to go back into the sports, right, if I'm a defender, if I'm worried about scoring goals, I'm not fully engaged defending, right? Or if I'm an attacker and I'm back playing goalie, I'm not doing my job to attack. My responsibility isn't that. And so here, Jesus is reminding us the responsibility on us is not for the growth. He says the growth happens all by itself and we don't even know. However, where the weight comes on us is that we are responsible, though, for putting out the seed and tending to the soil, and so uh, in the earlier parable in Mark chapter four, when he's talking about the soil, he emphasizes the importance of the soil, right? Rocky soil. When he's talking about the rocky soil, this, they can't receive it. Um, well, for those who are listening in the audience of that day, they know that, okay, part of the farmer's responsibility would be to what? Go out and prepare the soil before you, before you ever put the seed in there. You have to prepare the soil. Right. And then after this parable, it talks about the mustard seed. So it talks about the quality of the seed determining what it becomes, right? So a mustard seed can grow into this great big thing, right? Because it's a small seed, but it can grow into a large uh, thing. I guess it's a tree. I don't. I guess I should probably have looked that up. But um, it's it's the the seed determines right what the growth can become. However, again, we don't control that either. We don't like God is the one who made us. Um, it says it, uh, in, in verse uh, 32 of Mark 4, it talks about it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade, right? God ultimately decided what he was going to make us to be. So we're not responsible for the quality of the seed, right? Again, but we are responsible for the soil. We're responsible for the preparation. Um, as we consider how to be Christians, right? That's the thing we should be looking at is, are we preparing ourselves, right? Like expectation when you go to church, right? Are you really, are you going in there with expectation to receive something from God? Are you going in there with a a heart of worship, right? Have you prepared mentally and, 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 and in your heart to, to have a good, 
um, worship experience because that's what you can control. You can't control what happens once you show up, right? You can control what you can prepare and what you, what you show up to do. Um, and in parenting, I think that's the thing that like thinking of it through this lens gives me a lot of relief because I realize, like, especially with the, the concerns we've had with Brayden and him just kind of being in that, you know, rebellious age, it's, you know what, I'm, I'm not responsible for the growth. I'm responsible for the environment of growth. And I, I feel like there's maybe some areas where I can maybe try to be in a more nurturing environment, considering what, what this seed needs, what, what Brayden needs to flourish and grow. And, and I guess tying into what we were talking about last week with the, or the last uh, episode and everything was the, the influencers in our lives. And we are the main influencers of our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we even touched on that actual subject. And, and being the good shepherd, you are the one that's going to have to lay down the, the, the good example and lay down your life for that. You know, be, be prepared for anything. David was, you know, mm-hmm. he killed a lion yeah. that was, uh, you know, approaching the flock. And then uh, later on, you know, kills Goliath, <laughs> you, yeah, know, yeah, to, you know, to, to show that power and everything that he had uh, through God, you mm-hmm. know, and acknowledging God with all of that. Um, and that's, you know, the, just being that good shepherd, I think, just constantly comes into mind with the example that I'm leading my children, not only uh, in life with everything, but also in the church, how we go and, and how we prepare to worship for God. And, and you know, the the fact that we're staying attentive, that when we get through with the servers, we're still talking about, you know, mm-hmm. what God had used or what God uh, did with, you know, talking or having that preacher or the pastor uh, be able to relay that message uh, of, you know, what God wants to deliver to his people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we still talk about it. You know, we're fortunate that, that we're at one of those churches where after service is over, it's not over. Like everyone's still congregating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone's yeah, still yeah. talking, and you may end up talking about those verses, or or maybe something reached out to you to talk to somebody about their life and what's going on. You know, that kind of thing. And so those those examples that we are are leaving for our children are hopefully gonna have them, you know, being put in that Christian mold mm-hmm. that we just hope. You know, I know our parents, uh, or I know my parents, mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, yours, yeah. Are, are always, you know, I, I'm sure there was probably some question <laughs> that mm-hmm. my parents had with some of the things that I was doing early on. Uh, I wasn't doing exactly was the right things. The, you I were was the model. I was good kid. Um, yeah, uh, I had siblings that took all the heat, so I didn't have to worry about but it. But now it's but our now, turn. Yeah. You know, it's our turn to be concerned for that, to hope mm-hmm. that our children, you know, and you get compliments every once in a while from people who, who tell you how impressed they are with your son and, and how they do, and it's and it's... It's great. It's a good feeling. Uh, and then you just owe that to God because that's yeah. one of the things I pray for constantly is that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm setting the right example to them mm-hmm. so that they are doing the things that they need to be doing uh, to honor God. And I feel um, I could I can understand better now uh, God's frustration with humanity um, because so we went to uh, – we had open house at the school. <laughs> did I, I don't know if I told you the story. So I can't – oh, no. All right. So um, we go and uh, we have a great experience. So we're talking about – you're talking about setting an example, which is I feel like – I feel like I have set a good example. I am, I am a very – um, I, I like the rules. I like to follow rules. Um, I, I, I just don't like getting in trouble, right? I just don't enjoy it. Um, my kids, however, have clearly not inherited that. <laughs> and so we go to this open house and we have a good time. Lucas is a little energetic, but you know, he's a first grader and he's got a lot of energy. And so we have a good time and we've known his teacher for a long time. 
we have a great, great little time there. Um, and then it's time to go up to Braden's class and he's in sixth grade. And he's like on the opposite end of the school, which is probably good. It's literally like if you go into the school and go to the opposite direction, you can get to either class, right? It's, it's, it's great. They're as far apart as possible. So we get up to Braden's class after, you know, navigating all these hallways. And I'm in there and there's like four or five little pods of desks. There's about four or five desks next to each other. And they all got their little sticky notes with names and stuff. And, you know, just like at Lucas's class, I go in, I look at Lucas's desk, I see his work, um, you know, smiley faces on everything. But I cannot find Braden's desk. And I'm looking all over this place. And I'm like, well, there's one, like there, the name was Braden, but it was spelled wrong. I'm like, well... I mean, maybe there's another Braden in class that's not uncommon. Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking and looking. We cannot find this desk. <clears throat> and I, I finally asked Braden, and he was talking to one of his friends, and I said, Braden, buddy, where is your desk? And he kind of looks to the front of class. And right in front of the whiteboard, I realized there are three desks that are maybe two foot from the wall. Like, they're not there for you to see. They're there for you to not distract whoever's behind you. And I'm like, oh, no, like, no, 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 sure. And of course, I'm realizing this at the same time as my wife, who is not nearly as slow to show her emotions as I am. I hope I said that safely enough. And uh, and so we realized, OK, no, he's been getting he's been such a distraction that they have moved him to the front of class. And so now my wife is very upset and I'm trying to not laugh because part of it is funny. And Braden thinks this is hilarious and his friends think it's really funny, too. But his friends, I think, are thinking our reaction is funny. Right. And right. so it it was one of those moments where I I was very disappointed because I feel like he knows better and we talk about it all the time. And for, for us to have, like, he couldn't hide from it. Like this is your desk in front of the class. It was, it was, it was in incredible. And so as the person who sets the example, me and Braden did talk and I'm like, buddy, like, like, come on, man, what, what's happened? And the teacher, she realizes all of this in the moment. And so she's like, oh, no, no, I just moved him back today. We, I think we've got past our, 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 uh, our tough moments or something <laughs> like that. She's a wonderful educator. They have like a little cool down corner hmm. and it's got some sensory stuff and it's got you know, words of affirmation. Actually, it's a beautiful thing where she lives out her faith. She has a private closed group for her, like literally her friends, like people she knows. And she'll ask for prayer for students. She doesn't say names. She gives them a number. And so, uh, and, and these people can pray for these people. And so she's got, you know, these, this, you know, names of these people who are praying for them. So these kids know that there's people out there that are thinking of them, that, are, that love them, that are, you know, think, you know, want them to be successful, yeah. um, that appreciate that emotions are real and you have to learn how to manage those emotions. So you can feel angry, but we can't lash out. We can be upset, but can we carry ourselves well with it? And so he's blessed to have a wonderful teacher, um, like Miss Smitherman. But uh, I'm, I can't imagine the level of patience she's had to show um, because he might think that she's picking on him for him being there. But I think it's probably, he's probably getting favorable treatment that he's not been kicked out. Like it, that his desk is not outside the door. It's, <laughs> it, was, it was remarkable. And uh, I just wish you could see how close that desk was. Like he could reach, <laughs> he could reach his hand out forward and touch the, touch the white touch the <laughs> And he wears glasses. Like and I know it's not so he can see either. Um, <laughs> So anyways, so again, all right, tying that back into our walk with God, like God gave us a great example and he's probably watching us act out oppositely and just beating us out on the wall thinking, come on, knuckleheads, what well, are you doing? And so many times God has had to deal with it mm -hmm. that, I mean, I guess, it, and it's, 
I guess it's no surprise to him, uh, or it has to be no surprise to him at this point. Even the most devout people like David, you know, someone is going to turn. There's that Bathsheba. You know, there's that moment that that something's going to encounter you where you're going to fall into the temptation of mm-hmm. sin, and we just have to look away from that. We have to get away from that. Plus, we have to put it in our past. We have to ask for forgiveness, but we have to put it in our past and not let mm-hmm. it, you know, stick with us in the future and in the present. Um, and I think that's probably a difficult thing for a lot of people to do, sometimes depending on the sin and yeah. the severity of it. Um, hope, you know, hopefully you haven't killed a man. But, yeah, but yeah. you know, if you have issues or something, you need to go to God with it, uh, ask for his forgiveness, and then let it go and, and keep think, on pursuing And I think you hit the nail on the head, too. It's so hard to walk out in that clean slate and really feel like it's a clean slate. Right. And, of course, the more egregious the sin, like if you did kill a guy and bury him, you know, like, and you're living with that forever. Like, it's even even if you get forgiven, I bet there's probably a part of you that still can't grasp that level of forgiveness. Um, and I think that that's, I think as a parent, like, I think that's the thing I'm struggling with is I'm trying to give... Uh, my oldest child a clean slate uh, but but it doesn't feel really clean because then when he does the same thing here I am bringing him back up like hold on now the I, yeah I just wiped, last yeah, week yeah yeah, we yeah, discussed yeah. This. <laughs> yeah so uh, so I think I'm, I'm feeling very convicted and very challenged in 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 looking at the soil and the environment and am I am I picking rocks out of the soil or am I throwing rocks um, and I, that's not mine, actually. Uh, Kadri did that on Wednesday night, uh, and they did a phenomenal job with that service. So, um, and he may listen to this. And Kadri, props, man. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, so that's the thing. That's that's what we can control is the soil. Now, I'm curious. Have you had any weird open house moments like that, or is this <laughs> not that I'm aware of? No, your I don't kids are always so. great. Most of the time, Good it's just a matter of uh, you know trying to find. You know, you always do that where you're trying to find where they're at. But no, we, we no no major uh, issues there or anything. I think we did have a couple of problems sometimes when you're going to a different school mm-hmm. with a special needs child. It takes a little bit for, yeah. you know, the... the kind um, of settled in Yeah, and, and getting into that routine because you, you've just changed the entire environment. Um, so we may have had a few issues and growing pains there. And there's times where I, I feel like Ave. Uh, he's in that new step, and this is a big step. And and here's the problem: a lot of people are putting pressure now. The big uh, the big takeaway I've I've noticed just by listening to all of the teachers, uh, they really are pushing this ninth grade. How ninth grade is the most important grade ever? Like no pressure whatsoever yeah. on this. You're in a new environment, but this is what you know. As long as you do exceedingly great in ninth grade. Then everything, everything else, else is, yeah. is fine after that, and I'm like, wow. It's you know, nice they get, to know they're that they're building our, some pressure. Yeah, I like that our education system is like, yeah, after yeah, 10th, 11th, 12th, you'll, you'll yeah, be able to learn anything. It's all downhill <laughs> after the night. Yeah, whatever you learn at the age of 14 <laughs> is it? Is that how old he is? Ish? Yeah, 14, 13? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how old well, he's 14 now. So. so there you go. That's <laughs> that's probably why Alabama struggles they academically. Do, we're like next to last. The, yeah, it wasn't for Mississippi. Um, oh, thank so. you, Mississippi. <laughs> um, that's that's funny. Well, that makes my feelings hurt because um, at this open at this one open house on Tuesday, um, I had three separate kids come up to me and say, "Are you Braden's dad?" With this weird look on their face, and mm. like you're almost hesitant, but I'm not gonna not claim my kid. So I'm like, maybe. No, okay. I said, yeah, and uh, they're like, he talks a lot, and I'm like, I don't know where he gets that from. This. Yeah, no, gift of gab, right? No, not me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's that's fun. So it's been an interesting time of uh, parenting and transition. Um, uh, speaking of clean slates, uh, did I tell you? Uh, I might have mentioned I've graduated with my bachelor's degree, which have I'm very proud of. I think you mentioned it maybe thirteen or fourteen a times, times yeah. um, a shirt. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I mentioned my degree as much as I mentioned CrossFit back when I did CrossFit. 
So at least I'm consistent. Uh, but I was going to say, so one of the beautiful things when I transferred in to Liberty, um, the classes that I showed up for, um, I've always done well in. Oh, it's early, an early, the, uh, no, no, no. For the but earlier in my college career, when I was younger, I was not nearly that dedicated to being on time and stuff. And so my GPA was not very pretty. Um, but I graduated with honors because when they transferred everything in, they gave me a clean slate. And they and it, so, anyways, I know how that makes me feel. Um, it's it makes me smile and it chuckles. But because I, I, I really believe God has guided me in this direction because of all the things He's gonna, you know career changes and all these things he's doing in my life in this weird transition that I'm in. But one of the things he did was that little, that little reminder, like, Hey man, I've, I've prepared it and I've, I've cleaned your slate and I've given you a, a blank canvas to build off of from today. And you know what? You're going to get a blank canvas tomorrow. Too. And, and the only, the only thing that's on that canvas is what you're writing back on it yourself. Well, I think the greatest thing that I've been able to take away from conversations and, and really this week, it's been one of those weeks and I, I'm sure you probably have just as much as I have. And, and I'm sure there's other people out there listening to this that probably have the same thing where you have one of those weeks where everyone really wants to lay it out for you. Like they just, they, my office door is open and all of a sudden what is a chair becomes a couch yeah. and, you know, they're just kind of burying everything. But one of the things I've noticed in a lot of the conversations that I've had is the central theme for the most part is anything that they're going through or anything someone else is going through, they all refer to the fact that it's all in God's plan. It's mm -hmm. all in God's hand. You know, it may not be the answer that we want right now, but, but, you know, an answer is going to come, and it's all with what God has planned for us. And and it's just it's it's uplifting to have people that I'm around that are acknowledging that without me having to say it. And I think God's you know touching a lot of us in the, that way where He's letting us know I've got this, you know, and we have to just rely on on Him being the ultimate shepherd, being the ultimate guide for us, and and getting us to. That uh, end all be all is to be back with him, mm -hmm. being back with the shepherd. Yep. So. And I don't think it's coincidental when Jesus came, what did he do? He's like, hey, God, look at him as a father. And, and God's just constantly reminding us how hard parenting is. He's like, look, if I got to deal with the mess, you got to deal with the mess. That's too. right. So, uh, so Remember all what you, you put your parents yeah. through your turn. Exactly. Well, for all those listening, hopefully you got something out of this. I, I really enjoyed it. I know I did. So, um, even if they don't, I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> um, it's, I'm going to leave here with homework and, and things to think about. And I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, for you listening, you know, that's how you can exude that Christianity this week is think about the soil and how maybe you can prepare yourself or maybe prepare someone else to receive the gospel or to live out the gospel better. And if you're a parent, hey, it's going to be hard. But you know what? Life is hard. So let's just all push through it together. And know that God has the plan. Yeah. And then we just have to rely on him. Amen. Well, I'll close this in prayer. God, thank you so much that you love us. And thank you so much that you have a plan. God, I pray that for each of us, that you would reveal what that plan is in time. God, that you would give us a confidence to walk out your plan, to trust your plan. God, I pray that you would help us um, prepare our soil um, to receive all that you give us. And God, I pray that we could, um, as parents, um, as leaders, God, in the different areas of our life, that we can cultivate um, relationships that will um, make you happy, that will bring you glory. God, I thank you for this day and all that you do. And God, uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's one of those shows where we just let God take over. I, love, I like it now. It's good. I, I'm telling you. 
You've been listening to the Exude That Christianity podcast, part of the Anchor in the Storm outreach program. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other fine podcast sources. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a delightful episode, and feel free to leave a comment for us. We'd love to hear from you.